Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's December 4th, 2016. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-hosts Jeff Brown and David Fillion. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. We certainly hope that everyone enjoyed their Thanksgiving holiday last weekend, and most of all, that you stayed safe. We have a number of announcements um, long week because we... Uh, didn't have a show last week, so welcome back, all you listeners, to this uh, week's show. Thank you very much. Um, first announcement is the Honeywell members represented by UAW Local 9 remain locked out af- after recently rejecting their latest tentative agreement. Number two, auto inventories for November 2016 are out. According to 247wallstreet.com, Year-over-year numbers from November 15 to November 16 are General Motors, 8,703,682. That's up, That's down. Their inventories are down by 10,446. FCA slash Chrysler, their inventory is 596,989, I'm sorry, uh, down 64,074. They're down 64,074. General Motors up, the only one that's up, by 182,189. To just under 900,000. So you all can read into that what you will. Third announcement regarding the now vacated General Motors plant sites 2, 3, and 5 in Lansing, Michigan. An announcement has been made that there is a decision to redevelop them. Number four, in the lame duck session of the Republican controlled Michigan legislature, the Michigan Senate has taken up the issue to eliminate defined pension plans for teachers in all public school systems. That that is the new teachers coming in, not the existing one. Though they have yet to vote on that proposed legislation, so that's a pyrrhic victory. Number five, the people have once again prevailed. uh, Hardware, after much pressure from the public, about the problem of selling needed supplies to those Standing Rocks at, at the Standing Rock Sioux encampment. Uh, ACE has verified that the ACE stores in close proximity to the Standing Rock Sioux now have one-pound containers of propane in stock and are directed to sell to any and all who wish to purchase them. Again, another victory for the power of the people. More, We'll talk more about that later in the show. And this just came in, number six. 
just came in at 5.30 this evening. This is very, very good news regarding this issue of the Standing Rock Sioux. According to Jack Smithfort, the Army Corps of Engineers has denied, has denied a permit to the Dakota Access Pipeline Company, and alternative routes are now being researched. Congratulations to the Standing Rock Sioux and all involved in this wonderful success. Again, more on this later in the show. Number seven, uh, the general public has put a lot of pressure upon Carrier and the governor of Indiana to keep the Carrier work in Indiana. So much pressure that the Indiana governor, also vice president-elect of the United States, has offered millions of dollars to keep many jobs from care, of the carrier jobs in Indiana. We want to congratulate each and every person who openly expressed their disgust with carrier to eventually come to this partial resolve. It's not the best resolution. And a lot of people taking credit for it at the top. But believe me, those of you who've made calls and just expressed your public disgust really did play a bigger part in this than you're being credit, credited for. So thank you very much. Congratulations on your victory. Uh, number eight, pinned at the top of the Work and Living page is a post uh, regarding a safety pin. It seems that something just as simple as a household safety pin has become the symbol for racial tolerance. And the post urges everyone of tolerance to wear a safety pin prominently on their clothes to express their views. Thanks go out to Jeff Brown for finding that and putting that up, and we've pinned it. So thank you very much there, Brother Brown, part of our team. Uh, again, uh, we are pleased to announce that Working for a Living radio show is now available by podcast on iTunes. Again, giant step forward for this show. Thank you very much for all the iTunes listeners that are tuning in uh, to, uh, throughout the week subsequent to our show airing on Sunday night. Um, uh, going on to email, we had one email. Uh, this is from Jenny in Ohio. Uh, While the people in my department missed your show last week, we also appreciated your sensitivity to our work-life balance. It's about time somebody has considered our work-life balance. We look forward to more of that from team working for a living in other aspects of our lives. Thank you from all of us. And again, that's from Jenny in Ohio. Jenny, thank you for that kind comment. We, uh, as a team, uh, have discussed the idea of work-life balance, and we're happy to uh, be looking at ways to stop alternative work schedules and other things that disadvantage the work-life balance of your uh, of all the members. So we're uh, we're working towards that. I think you'll see more on that from us uh, by way of uh, our uh, planks that were that are coming out. So stay tuned and keep watching, listening rather. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, Having said that, that's the, that's the last email. We only had the one come in this week. So uh, like to take uh, a moment and have an editorial comment 
regarding an issue that's prevalent uh, in the UAW at the moment and in the social media. This is editorial comment on violence. The UAW Constitution contains language about an educated and distinguished membership. Specifically, Article 2, Section 4 says in part, I quote, to educate our membership in the history of the labor movement and to develop and maintain an intelligent and dignified membership, ellipsis, end quote. Let's go on to say more, but that's it's other, other things it discusses there. I read that quote uh, as I uh, morphed from another radio show to this one. Uh, it was in part the reason for morphing. I had actually set this show up several years ago and just hadn't started it, and it was probably a good opportune time to do that. Uh, the members of this show, our team members, have all expressed that we do not in any way support violence or calls of violence or any such matter uh, in our team effort, uh, in our caucus. We shun that in any and all ways. And let me just ask uh, Brother Brown and Brother Fillion, first Brother Brown, uh, would you confirm that we oppose violence, please, Brother? Yes, I do. Uh, I am against any type of violence on anybody or anything um, within the UAW membership or management as well. It's, we don't condone violence. It's not not a good thing. Not the way to go. Right. It never ends in, in, in has, it likely never has a good result in the end. So right. thank you, Brother Brown. Uh, Brother Fillion, would you like to come on and say anything about our stance on uh, anti-violence or opposing violence? Um, we do not uh, um, support violence in any way. Um, we're to act in a dignified manner. Even when we've been trespassed against, there are um, procedures and processes um, to go through um, in our Constitution, and that's the route to take. Um, violence will never solve anything for us, and uh, I'm, I'm opposed to violence. Okay. Thank you, David, and thank you, Jeff, uh, for confirming our position as a team and the rest of the team because we only have a few people on air uh, because we've we've had issues uh, with some of the team members in the past. So there's a, a number of other members that also confirmed that we're opposing violence. These are the on-air people that have come in to also confirm in front of you. So that's that's our stance on any and all violence or calls for violence uh, against anybody, quite frankly. Uh, so, but having said that, um, we have, uh, by and through listening to some of the, the 
social media posts and other radio show, uh, have come to understand that there was uh, some uh, things that caused this to be flared up. And to a, to a, a degree where it's probably not, not good. Um, let me just say uh, that there was a meeting called, to our understanding, there was a meeting called, uh, and uh, that meeting was for the purpose of quality. It was attended by a plant manager and by a high-level union official that we'll get into in a second. Uh, and the brother that uh, made a comment to plant management. Now, before we get too much into this, let me just reiterate team working for a living, plank number one. That's the return to labor ethos. Those are the core values of labor where union leadership sticks up for, in all ways, the membership. And the membership is intelligent and dignified. We go to work every day as best we can, and we support those good things that our leadership presents. Uh, that's labor ethos. Core values of labor. It probably goes more than that, but that's suffice for this. The brother brought up something that's in every uh, agreement, management union agreement. And that is the management rights clause. Now, I'm not sure how well articulated the brother brought this up. We're not going to name names uh, on the membership. But he did say to the plant manager, quality is management's problem, or responsibility. And again, none of us were in the room, so we don't know exactly what was said, but this is what was reiterated. And to that regard, when the brother said that, he's absolutely correct. So some of the stuff that's going on isn't just about violence. Some of this stuff could have got mitigated in the past when it, before it became a problem. Or you see once management started telling the brother to shut up, as he reiterated and spoke about, maybe not so eloquently, management rights clause in every union management agreement. That means management is responsible for all things under their control. Responsible for scheduling, production, quality, everything. We go in and they pay us to do as we're directed. That happens every day. Management comes in, gives us a set of gloves, assigns us to a position on the, on the plant floor somewhere, and we do that job. That's what we do. We sell our labor for money, and we do what we're told. What we're supposed to do. 
And your brother was absolutely right. It's management's responsibility. Management's responsibility to go in there and control quality. Now, here's the problem. In this meeting of 50 people, and the brother was one of 50 invited out of the whole plant, at least that's what's been reported. And again, that's all we're talking about here, what's reported. In this meeting, there was a vice president of the UAW from the Chrysler Department, in charge of the Chrysler Department, that was in this meeting and watched this back and forth take place without intervening. The vice president of the UAW from the Chrysler Department stood there and watched idly as a brother was attacked by plant management, the plant manager, when the brother was only talking about management's rights clause. I submit the following. If anyone of team working for a living is standing in that union position, we would have said, wait a minute, Mr. Plant Manager, plant manager, just a second. This brother has addressed you with part of the contract. I know that he might not have done it just as dignified as you'd have liked it or I'd have liked it. But he's talking correctly. He's talking correctly. He is saying to you, Mr. and Ms. Plant Manager, you're responsible for this. You have to motivate and direct people properly. And you shouldn't be shouting him down, challenging him. What? And turn to the brother and say, brother, now you, you have the right issue. Let's just work on this and I'll help you. But please, as the Constitution says, remain dignified as you proceed. We're supposed to be educated, intelligent, and dignified. Now, please just get back into that mode, and I'll help you with your argument with Mr. and Ms. Plant Manager here. And we will just discuss the Management's Rights Clause and their responsibility under the contract that they wanted to be put in the contract. This is a property rights thing that goes back to Old English common law. It's in every contract. And for them to attack this brother, unrefuted or mitigated by the vice president of the UAW from the Chrysler Department, a man by the name of Norwood Jewell, is wrong. Brother Jewell, you failed in the labor ethos by taking, essentially taking management's side in this issue. And you, sir, are as responsible for the escalation of this as anybody, because you have the opportunity at the outset of this very, very volatile and viol- uh, issue at the moment. Hopefully it doesn't become violent. You, sir, 
are as responsible as anybody regarding this issue because you had the opportunity to mitigate it as a good union brother, and you failed. You failed in your obligation. You failed in your oath of office. And everybody ought to listen to what I just said. It is my opinion that you failed, and the team's opinion, that you failed as it came up in our, our team call. We all agreed. You failed, sir, in your duties as the vice president of the UAW. And that, listeners, is what's wrong, essentially, with the people that are in charge of this UAW as we speak. We, Team Working for a Living Caucus, fire to change that for the better for each and every member out there. I'll ask either Jeff or David if you have anything to add to that editorial. No, you hit it pretty good, Leroy. Um, there is a time and place for everything. And I do agree that the uh, Mr. Joel um, did not do his job as he should have. So I agree with you. He did fail. That's all I got. Okay. David, anything? No, I agree with Tom. He did not do his job. That could have been handled right there um, by his vice president, and it wouldn't have escalated. He, in my opinion, he failed. Labor ethos, and as the president of the UAW, vice president. Thank you, brothers. That's all we have on that issue. Um, uh, we hope that maybe that lends a little bit of uh, common sense to some of what's going on and that maybe somebody can actually get in there and mitigate this even after the fact. But we'll see. Uh, that's about all we have to say on the issue. We oppose violence, and we believe that Brother Jewell, I use that term very, very lightly, uh, filled in his duties as a vice president of Christ and Division at UAW, Department of UAW. So... Uh, let's get on with the show. Um, got a little quote real quick. This is a quote from uh, Mr. Boshef, a neighborhood dad from back in the day. <laughs> uh, as things would be going along in the neighborhood, he, he'd just look at some people and just say, talk is cheap and whiskey costs money. That's pretty relevant for a lot of stuff that's going on. Talk is cheap, and whiskey costs money. Keep that in mind. And so uh, let's see. Jeff, uh, if you want to take uh, your um, uh, first report, maybe we'll, the second report will uh, come in uh, a little later after David's report. But the first one, uh, I know you have two, and we're 23 minutes in right now. So we want to... Uh, get through this. I know I got long there, but that's real, real important issue that's out there right now. So, uh, Jeff, you want to start with your first one, and that's uh, the uh, third plank of the yep. Working for a Living Caucus. Th thank you. Our third plank is to abide by all 
of the superintending laws of the United States that affect labor, most especially the United States Constitution and 29 U.S.C., to include but not limited to the Widener Act, the Fair Labor Standards Act, Taft-Hartley Act, the Land of Griffin Act, EEOC, ERSA, American Disabilities Act, and additionally, all the U.S. Constitution, especially for the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment that prohibits creating a class within a class. Our UAW example is our second tier, people doing the same jobs, same work, with less money. Um, and Working for a Living Caucus will never ask the government for a waiver that in any way disadvantages our membership. And we do so with high regard with our membership. That's, that's our third plank, Gilroy. Thank you very much for reporting on that. Um, uh, we're privileged to have you do a third plank this uh, this week, and thank again, thank you. I want to say one thing though: the uh, uh, collectively, the Wagner Act, the Fair Labor Standards Act, Taft Hartley, and Landrum Griffin are often referred to collectively as the National Labor Relations Act. Uh, there are several within there. Uh, we often refer to the Wagner Act as the NLRA. But uh, there are scholars who uh, speak to the four of them as the National Labor Relations Act as amended. Uh, and they actually speak to the subsequent three Fair Labor Standards, Taft, Hartley, and Landrum Griffin, as amendments to the Wagner Act uh, in the, uh, uh, the um, legal world. So just know that uh, uh, when you hear us talk about the National Labor Relations Act, typically those are the things that are inside of it. They're separate acts, but also considered one large act also, uh, as well. So, again, thank you, uh, Jeff. Dave, do you have anything to uh, talk or speak to on the uh, plank yourself? No. No, Jeff was very clear with that. He did a nice job with that. Okay. Th thank you very much, Jeff. And, David, why don't we get into your report now, please? Okay, um, Leroy, I want to talk tonight about Stockholm Syndrome, corporate Stockholm Syndrome. Um, it's a phenomenon that we can see on the plant floor today all across the country. Um, people who are experience Stockholm Syndrome um, experience workplace trauma at the hands of management and unions. Um, this concept um, deserves some articulation. Um, Stockholm Syndrome refers to a psychological phenomenon often observed in hostage situations normally where a hostage will start to identify and sympathize or have empathy for their captor, even though they're being mistreated. After all, the captor controls the life source. They also control punishment and reward as it is received from the same source, the captor. Because so much of our worth in modern times is defined and derived by work, 
we are at risk for experiencing corporate Stockholm syndrome when put in a certain work environment for a long enough period of time. Corporate Stockholm syndrome can be defined as employees of a business beginning to identify with and being deeply loyal to an employer who mistreats them, defined as verbal abuse, commanding overly long hours, and generally ignoring the well-being and emotional needs of the employees. As with the captive dynamic, the employer is certainly in control of the employee's fate. They sign the paycheck, and they can generally terminate employment at any time. When uh, employees experiencing corporate Stockholm Syndrome typically display a tendency to become emotionally attached to the company to the determinant of their own emotional health. The employee will also rationalize to themselves and to others the employer's poor treatment of them as necessary for the good of the organization as a whole and angrily defend the employer's actions when those actions are questioned by an outsider. In other words, denial of the obvious. The company culture in which corporate Stockholm Syndrome thrives will have certain traits that will often tolerate, in fact, implicitly encourage employees to verbally abuse each other when someone isn't seen as working hard enough or being a team player. Company culture is viewed as significantly important by management. This is aimed at cultivating loyalty to the company while it has no similar loyalty to the emotional well-being of employees. There will be company perks, of course, but these they will be manipulative in design. And those manipulative design perks are profit sharing instead of rate increases, COLA, annual inflation factor. Um, these things raise people's pay. And the pension plans being closed down, higher pay. Um, when you retire, your pension's based on how much you were paid when you left. I think we lost David mid-report. We'll wait for him to call back in. Uh, he's So that you know, everybody, listeners, uh, it's it's snowing here. We got about an inch. It's just started sticking to the, the roads, and David's got some. I uh, see his back, but he's got, you know, some sketchy uh, service because this is all done by telephone. So here's here's David. Uh, and also, thank you to everybody. Uh, thank you to everybody that's in the switchboard. If you have any comments, uh, you have a question or anything, raise your hand by uh, pushing one, and I'll get in there see what your issue is and bring you on here. All right, uh, David, go ahead. We lost you. Uh, yeah, I dropped the phone call. I'm sorry. We're experiencing a snowstorm here, so I have sketchy um, uh, phone service. 
My apologies for that. Hopefully it doesn't happen again if I don't move. <laughs> um, leaving off where I was, um, the worker experiencing these symptoms is at risk for significant emotional trauma, spending one's days under psychological pressure in such an environment is inherently unhealthy. Moreover, it is unhealthy for that worker's friends and family members who will inevitably find themselves on the receiving end of misdirected anger, which must find a vent somewhere. Sadly, this anger and its venting usually finds the least powerful and least culpable target. Breaking the cycle is hard, particularly in a culture that prizes work and wealth over emotional health. But abusers do not deserve loyalty. Peace of mind is too valuable to sell for any price. Um, that would conclude my report on Stockholm Syndrome. Anyway, if you have anything to add to that, or Jeff? No, I'm good. Good job, Dave. Yeah, David, good. I was. Uh, uh, we have a, a caller. Uh, is uh, we have a lot of people on switchboards. So we have a caller. I was out there talking. See. Uh, uh, what the brother wants, and he's going to come on in a second. Um, I think you did an excellent job on that, what I heard of, but I knew you, what your report was coming in. So um, is there anybody that you want to credit, uh, any article that you'd like to credit for that? Yes, um, Psychology Today. Um, that's okay. where I read that from. And then uh, I didn't read it in its entirety. Um, we do have Is that posted on first. our page? Yeah, post, it's posted on the page. Okay, all right. Well, that's interesting. Okay, well, thank yeah. you for that very much. Uh, let me bring on uh, a brother that's uh, wanting to discuss or uh, uh, talk about an issue. Uh, let me just say hi, and he's familiar to all of us, I believe. Uh, hello, brother John Martinez. Welcome to the show. Working for a living this evening. How are you? Oh, uh, it's starting to snow here in Michigan, and um, been busy. Man, you guys are doing a great job on the show. I see you guys accumulating members. I'm very happy. Um, you guys are doing a great job. Um, the reason I called is um, the passing away of Erwin Bauer. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but um, he was. Yeah, go ahead. Go oh, hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this phone's kind of breaking in and out. Um, it, it's fine. You just have to get used to it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he lived to 101 years old, and I'm, I actually met him. And boy, he was around for a long time during the UAW when it was, um, it was a lot of battles going on internally, and I learned a lot from him. And I know a lot of your members out there probably recognize the name Erwin Bauer, and um, rest in peace, brother. That's what I have to say. Thank you very much, John, uh, for recognizing Brother Erwin Bauer for all of the good that he did. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. he was very, very old and very much involved in, in the uh, early parts of the UAW. And our uh, hearts and prayers go out to the members of his family and all of his friends. Uh, and we uh, ask that he... Rest in peace, just as you have just done. So thank you for bringing that on. Anything else you want to add, uh, John? 
Well, um, education, man. Got to educate these young people. You know, I, I travel all through the city. There's a lot of disappointment with unions. Um, they, they feel left out. They feel like if they go to the union halls, you know, it's all um, um, like their opinions don't matter. You know, it's, it's, it's like not having a union. That's, that's the, um, what I'm getting out of a lot of the young people. They're real frustrated. Um, mm-hmm. Some have actually told me that the union is becoming like a, like a boss. You know, um, they're enforcing the boss's rules, you know, really hard on them. So, um, so it's something that we need to get, you know, stay involved in and keep talking to the young people. Hopefully they can, can make, um, you know, changes. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, thank you for that, John. I mean, I'll add to that, uh, that issue that there's actually local unions in the UAW, where the membership do not have voice or vote at the general membership meeting, only the council delegates do, and that's prohibited by the uh, uh, Landrum Griffin Act in the in the Bill uh, Workers Union Members Bill of Rights. So uh, we're we're working on that. We've actually made that a part of that's uh, a plank in our. Uh, um, platform here uh, for our political purposes of uh, getting rid of, supplanting the leadership, the current leadership. I don't know if you heard our little editorial on the uh, issue that seems to be pretty prevalent out there right now, uh, where we found the vice president of Chrysler division to be uh, remiss in his duties as a union officer and violated his oath not to stick up for uh, that requires that he uh, represent the membership, and he seemed to just be mute on the issue, at least as reported to us, of trying to stick up for brother, and that's caused now a big problem. You know, that was said, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Don't you think so, John? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I've, I've seen that. You know, I, I was very fortunate, man. I, I had some really good committee men uh, around me, man. Committee women, yeah. committee women. Uh, men men yeah. and women, and and boy, they they it, but first of all, they didn't have the ambition to move up to the international, and that makes a big difference. When um and um people that have too much ambition to move up to international, they lose focus. I think. Um, right. but um, yeah. I'm, I'm very fortunate that I had yeah. some really really good good committee men that that um came to see me before they went to see the boss. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know the, 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 I'm, I'm telling you, man, I, I, I've seen a whole bunch of stuff. I could write a book on this, on this stuff, man. The, some of these committee people, they get in there, and now they're looking for free tickets to go to the ball game or go hobnob at the golf course. You know, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a shame. It is. It is. Well, thank you for coming on the show, John. And uh, feel free to jump in here uh, uh, and uh, t- uh, come back and, and visit with us another time. Uh, uh, if you want to really push really, one. I really, yeah, I really enjoy the show. Say hi to David. I want to meet you guys soon. So um, hopefully hopefully next year. I'm, I've been really, really busy, man. I have a lot of fun every day here in the city of Detroit. There's a lot of good people. Uh, Labor town. And, but, you know, we're, a lot of people still – Still remember the good the good days of walking together yeah. 
you know, and sticking together. So thank right. you guys. Ho- ho- hopefully I can meet you guys soon. Bye. Yeah, hopefully. Like thank you, John. Okay. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll see you before the end of the month. You know, there's that that event that's going on. I hope to see you there. Okay. Take care, guys. Good work. Right. Bye bye. Take care. Okay. Yep. Thanks. Bye bye. Thanks, John. Good Union Brother, he supports us uh, pretty much every week. He shares our show out to his friends. We appreciate that from you, John, very much so. Uh, you can feel free to just hang on in the, in the switchboard there if you want. Yeah, go ahead, David. Um, something a lot of people probably don't know about um, Brother Martinez is the work he does in Detroit. Um, he does construction work um, for people. Um, that are less fortunate. Um, he does some good work too. I viewed much of uh, what he's done through the photographs he shared. Um, shoddy work done by other contractors. He took advantage of their customers. He comes in and he makes it right. Does it at a reasonable price. And when he leaves, he has happy customers. He makes a friend everywhere he goes. Um, he's truly a very good brother. Um, we're lucky to have him in the UAW, and the people in Detroit are lucky to have him as well. Um, so that's what I had to add there. I have a lot of respect for Mr. Martinez. As, as I do as well. Thank you very much, David. And again, thank you for coming on and stick around in the switchboard. Uh, if you uh, want to push one, that'll take your question mark down, and that, that'll free that up. And then if you want to jump in later, you could just hit one again, uh, and that would be uh, uh, noticed. I, I can watch and see when you do that. So one would take it out of question mark right now. So uh, having said that, uh, uh, thank you for your report, David. Thanks for coming on, John. Uh, uh, Jeff has another second report to uh, give us here. Uh, thanks, John. Uh, and um, uh, the uh, uh, it, you know I'm running the switchboard here, and there's a lot of people in it. By the way, thanks for everybody coming in. Uh, and uh, when they push uh, one, I get a little notice they want to talk. But when they're finished, if they push one again, then they can uh, you know, put themselves back in listen mode. Uh, and then any more questions they might have, just push it again, and then that brings them back on. That's how that works, just so everybody understands in the switchboard and all you listeners. So, uh, But Jeff has another part of a, a, a different report. Uh, he's the second report that he's uh, got ready for all of us. Jeff, you want to take that now? Uh. I am at a loss for words, Leroy. Um, oh, I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> what, what, oh, oh, we uh, were going to... The uh, uh, issue of... Uh, I might not have done a good job on the notes for you either, but there's the issue of uh, the uh, cabinet appointments, if you had any update there. If not, oh. that's fine. We'll cover it next Yeah, week. the cabinet appointments. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, for one, personally think that the cabinet position under President-elect Trump 
it is not a good thing for the working class in this company, in this country. Um, right away, top of your head, you know, he's corning known racists to his cabinet, billionaires to his cabinet, who have no idea what it is like to work for hard for a living, like auto workers or anybody else in the middle class. Um, it's just a shame that he is doing all this. Um, Betsy the boss, the husband of David, the uh, boss, is David the boss? I can't remember now. Um, who owns Amway Corporation here in Michigan, in the Grand Rapids area? She is being uh, secretary or of education. And she has no knowledge of being a teacher. Um, she definitely, they've already said they want to end public schooling, education, because it's our governor here in Michigan says education is not a right. Um, I think that that's a complete insult to every teacher, school district, student across the country, um, that she is going to be put in this position. Um, she has no idea what the hell she's doing. No idea whatsoever. No credibility. No resume of ever being a teacher or anything like that. Um, he's still making his other appointments. Uh, his chief of staff um, is quite controversial. Controversial in his remarks in the radio waves. He hosts a radio show. Um, Attorney General, Mr. Jeff Sessions, who is a senator from Atlanta, or Alabama, um, he was up for a Supreme Federal Judgeship back in the 80s, mid-80s, and he was denied because the committee who interviewed him felt that he was too racist. So why would we have a cabinet that doesn't know what they're doing, no experience in what they're doing? Mr. Sessions is a judge, okay? or is a lawyer, was a um, senator and a lawyer. Um, it's just, just not right, people. And I, I, I am very frustrated with some of these people he is appointing. Um, it's just, I'm at a loss for words, Leroy. It makes me mad that okay. this is happening. Um, yeah. Not okay, right. thank you, Jeff. Uh, no, it's not right. It's, uh, it, it doesn't seem to be um, uh, representative of what he said he was going to do, and that was, you know, make America great again. You know, making mm-hmm. America great again by putting billionaires in positions of high authority doesn't seem to be in, you know, congruent with what he said he was going to do. In other words, not, not right. the same thing he said. Does it? Uh, mm-hmm. The thing that no. that we're all watching is uh, this Secretary of Labor. Who's he going to put in there? You know, right? We're still, you know, you know, Walker, the right to work governor from Wisconsin, was supposedly in the running for that at one time. I 
just checked, and he's not in that right now. But, you know, this Uh is still, you know, a fluid situation. We don't know. There's only one uh, person. It's a lady that's uh, been involved in the Equal Opportunity Commission, and uh, she seems to be, you know, okay at the moment. Uh, We haven't really done a lot of background on her yet, but uh, uh, this woman, um, uh, Victoria Lipnick, uh, she from the Equal Oppor- Employment Opportunity Commission and EEOC and Workforce Policy Council to the White House Committee on Education and the Workforce. Okay, now which White House Committee, or to I'm sorry, to the House Committee. I'm sorry, I misspoke. To the House Committee on on uh, Education and the Workforce. So uh, we don't know uh, what side of that aisle that she's really representing as she does her job where she's at. Uh, So we're going to have to do a little background and see some of her findings that she's put forth for the House uh, and and the uh, Committee uh, on Education and the Workforce. So we'd like to see somebody, you know, in labor that actually is labor-friendly. We're watching that very closely, so we'll We'll see uh, as that develops uh, more. David, do you have anything else on on just report? No. Um, you know how I feel about Betsy DeVos and privatization of public schools. Right. Yeah, she's been a, a big promoter of pub, uh, private schools and charter schools, and uh, and she's been very adamant against the public school system and much of the legislation, some of which we talked about earlier in the show, is coming from their family. They're, so that you know, the DeVos family owns Amway. And while it's not a public company, so we don't know exactly how many billions they have, uh, they're reported to have many uh, billions of dollars at their disposal. And they use it. They, they put it out there and uh, make sure that their candidates get the money they need. Uh, Betsy is a past chair of the Republican Party here in Michigan as well, and so set and in that position has the ability or had the ability to set policy uh, for the, that particular party, the Republican Party. Uh, so we're about who is supporting labor. We don't care what party, because there are some people in the Republican Party that have supported labor in the past. Dr. Schwartz, from the uh, he was a senator, Dr. Schwartz, and we as UAW endorsed him regularly. He was a very good friend of labor as a Republican from Eaton County and Calhoun County. I've met him many times in my uh, former position as captain coordinator for Region 1C, and had a lot of discussions with him. He was always available, and he would listen, and usually, before we had to ask him, he was on board with whatever the issue was that we had. We never never had to worry about him. He wasn't ever going to be against us, uh, and we appreciated that in him. Uh, he was a very, very fine man, friend of labor. As a Republican, we thank him. So, again, this show isn't about Republican or Democrat, we're about labor-friendly people. 
and to more labor-friendly people, we like to support those of uh, I've already had this discussion with my own um, uh, area elected officials. You know that I supported the uh, team in my township. They were all Democrats. They all got elected. I already made it well known that um, Democrats got to start acting like Democrats for working men and women and not on the side of corporations. And they got that message there uh, very and they all got sworn in on Friday. I'll take a point, a moment of personal privilege here. Uh, it was, you know, this is the, the cabinet issue that's out there, but let's just take it down to grassroots. Uh, young man, uh, Ann Opsimer, got sworn in along with the rest of the team on Friday at 4 p.m. Yesterday, he puts out a post his first post as as an as an officer, not in official capacity, but in support of think about a young man in his early thirties, in support of Santa Cares. Now, we don't know if you like Santa or don't like Santa, but there's children out there that have a problem, sensitivity problem where they can't be around lights or can't have close contact, that can't go sit on the normal Santa's lap. And this man had the empathy to support and help organize, I imagine. The first thing he did as an elected official was to help young kids have a Santa experience that couldn't otherwise have one in a normal venue. Thank you for that, Dan Opsner. We really appreciate that, Township Trustee. We wish that we had other elected officials that had such empathy. And wouldn't you like to have somebody like this in 20 or 25 years as the governor of the state of Michigan? Somebody that actually had empathy for those less fortunate. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm pleased to have supported you for the position that you're now in. I don't know if you listen to the show regularly or not. I know you have in the past, but uh, and I believe that you're representative, all, representative of all the people in my township that just got elected by quite a substantial margin. We hope to take that same effort and same margins to a higher level at the state and national level for those people that are working men and women friendly that seek high office. And that's about all we'll say on politics, but I'm pleased to have supported this young man. Um, I can't tell you the respect that I have for him over the years, and especially in this instance. This is his first thing that he did as an elected official. Please remember that in the future, everybody. Dan Opsimer. So, uh, having said that, um, if there's nothing else on those reports, we're getting a little bit long. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, this is my report tonight, and I'll try and keep it kind of short because we've talked a lot about other things here. Uh, the issue of the Standing Rock Sioux in North Dakota. This company, the... Um, Uh, 
want to get right. Dakota Access Pipeline Company sought to go through directly through their reservation, not only just through the reservation, but through their burial grounds. And under other alternative. Pardon me. And under a lake. And under a lake. Yes. Under a lake. So, uh, and it and it definitely jeopardized drinking water. The fish that people uh, are beholden to to eat, the Indians in this reservation, the Standing Rock Sioux, and any number of other things that could have been problematic, notwithstanding that they always have the potential for a leak in one of these pipelines. And the, the building trades would tell you in a flat, hot minute that we want to have union welders and pipe fitters on these jobs because union welders and pipe fitters on such jobs prevent a lot of these spills and leaks out of these pipelines. And we're not completely sure if this company's using union labor. But having said that, there's other alternative routes, and they've been denied. There's a couple of things that have happened this week, first of all. ACE Hardware was having a problem up there selling properly. That's about all we're going to say because we're not going to be negative about ACE Hardware other than a lot of pressure came on them for doing what we believe to have been the wrong thing. They came out earlier today and said they're doing the right thing. The governor of North Dakota had issued an evacuation notice for the area because they couldn't keep the people warm and didn't want them freezing to death. The man that reported tonight at 5.30 the issue that the Corps of Engineers has denied a permit to this company was standing there saying that my phone is likely to freeze up. It's so cold here. So there was genuine concern by all everyone that they were going to freeze to death because they couldn't get propane to keep them warm in their tent. Because it's cold in North Dakota this time of the year. The man said his phone was about to freeze, and that's happening on what's now called Facebook Hill, the only place they can get communication up there. So um, they're celebrating a victory that the Corps of Engineers has denied this company from building a permit or a pipeline through their through the reservation under a lake and through a burial ground. So uh with the potential of leaking anywhere, including the lake and burial ground. So uh we wanna uh you know thank the Corps of Engineers. We don't know who's responsible or if the president's gonna say anything about this or even the president elect see if he's going to try and take credit for it. But I'm going to tell you, there's a whole lot of people that put a lot of pressure on this, a lot of pressure. And each and every person, brother and sister, and you, if you're union or non-union, thank you from the bottom of our hearts here at Team Working for a Living for jumping out there and doing the right thing. One of the things that escalated this throughout the week, and we... They didn't post it openly on Facebook. There was a video that was out there 
where a woman said, and we don't know if it's accurate or not, where a woman said that they were coming around at night with planes and helicopters, and one of the planes was identified as a crop duster, and they were spraying chemicals on these people at night. This was happening last this past week. I'm sure that word got out. Now, in our, you know, decades of experience, we don't get the whole truth. It might not be completely true, but I'll tell you something. When you see a little bit of truth, usually there's something that has some merit to it. We don't know if each and every plane or helicopter had a crop duster underneath it, but there was one that was identified. It didn't have pictures of it. We're going to give credence to that woman that stood in, in, in the set in the car and got a video and put it out there that they were being sprayed by chemicals. And if that's true, if that's true, those of you that did that are the most despicable human beings on the planet. You need, you need to stop doing that. Somebody just turned on a radio somewhere here. We have to. It's okay. So, I don't know. Okay. All right. We're good. <laughs> so, um, so that that was going on. I'm sure that had something to do with this decision. Her video. Thank you for posting that, sister. Uh, it's just unfortunate that there's people that still exist on this planet that would do something like that, and we oppose it in. We'll be under them if we find out who they are. And that's not a threat. That means that we will take every legitimate action against you that we possibly can and see to it that high-level officials come and rain on your parade in every way they can. And we know a couple. So... Having said that, again, thank you very much for everything that everybody did to get this issue to a good positive resolve. And they're claiming victory up there, uh, the Standing Rock Suar. So uh, congratulations and thanks to everybody that helped to make this happen. I'll ask for the on-air. I see we, the switchboard is right packed full, folks. Uh, I don't know if anybody has anything to say behind all of that. Uh, you press one, but we're going about to wrap it up. We're a little bit long. We do try to keep it to an hour. Um, uh, there's lots going on, lots of good things, and there's some some bad things going on. So we we try to balance that out with uh, uh, the, the good and the bad. So, uh, David, do you have anything to add to our show tonight? I do. One short thing. Um, UAW um, has always been the watchdog for raising the bar for our own workers and for non-union workers. Um, Over the years, UAW has let that slip. Um, We see that in wage stagnation across our country. Something good happened. Um down in Kansas City, Missouri, 
UAW Local 249. Um, they built uh, four trucks down there. Joined the fight for the uh, um, fight for $15 protest. Seven UAW members were arrested, and apparently their uh, president of their local was also one of those arrested, Eric Hoff. This was a peaceful um, demonstration, peaceful um, civil disobedience. There was no violence. Um, some streets did get blocked. That's what caused the arrests. But in all, it was peaceful. Um, they left peacefully when they were arrested. And I want to send out um, kudos to that local for standing up because you don't see Ms. Williams or any of the executive staff standing there with them. Um, this law stood up um, to help these workers gain a living wage. I'm proud of them. That's all I got. Okay, thank you. And congratulations for every to everybody that was uh, uh, part of that and, and helped to uh, uh, get a better life for the brothers and sisters on that unit. Jeff, do you have anything? Yeah, the only thing I have to say, Leroy, is a few months ago, concerning the uh, Dakota Pipeline, UFL CIO President Trump was endorsing. He was wanting the pipeline to go through. Um, I think he's on the wrong side of history when he did that. Um, because he thought it would create jobs constructing it. Okay? Um, but he did again. He was on the wrong side of history. Um, we don't want to. The Indians have been screwed over since 1492. Let's face it. Um, he just was wrong. And I'm glad that uh, it has been rerouted and everything is over. That's all I got, Leroy. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, folk out there on the wrong side of this issue. You know, we certainly support that they do it with union labor, but we don't even mm -hmm. know that that's the case on this company. Right. You know, but certainly right. certainly they can find an alternative route. So what if it costs them another 25 miles worth of pipe for whatever it's going to take? Might not be that exactly. much. You know. Exactly. Might not be that much. So, uh, you know, it might even be shorter through another route. Mm -hmm. You know, they might have to, you know, dig through a mountain or two that they otherwise might not have had to. But, you know, they got boring machines to do all that these days. They know how to do it. it it's been done before. It's not a big deal. You know, to be over exactly. there antagonizing these people is just simply wrong. So thank you for adding that, Jeff. You know, we 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 can't step or, uh, accept sometimes our union leadership at the very highest level, of being, always being right. And they're just, you know, wanting work and wanting it the wrong way is just simply wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll, you know, they, they need to add, act, you know, accordingly. I mean, we all want them to work. We all want union people to do this job, but they shouldn't be antagonizing these Sioux Indians up there. They just shouldn't be doing that. So having said that, 
Uh, nothing else. Uh, and the switchboards got their hand up, so we'll move on. We'll close the show out here. I want to say uh, if you found value in this show uh, in any way, uh, please tell just one person, and that word keeps getting around, and we appreciate that. Uh, I think you saw a lot of issues co covered this evening. We're just a little bit long, about eight minutes, so not too bad for you. Those people that like to keep us to an hour, we're trying. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff going on. So uh, our email address is workingforaliving, at workingforaliving. Feel free to send us something in. Uh, we appreciate the emails that do come in. You can follow us on Blog Talk Radio. You can get notified. Obviously, we're on uh, iTunes now. We're on Stitcher. We have an application for Slacker. Maybe we can get on Slacker, too. Uh, we're clearly on Blog Talk Radio. And workingforaliving.com is, is a website. Down Halfway down the right sidebar, you can uh, get the last three podcasts. Of course, once you access them, then you can have access to all of them. Uh, uh, have a hearty shout-out to all of our friends around the country, Brook Park, Ohio, Flat Rock, Tonawanda, Lordstown, Flint, Pontiac, Detroit, Bedford, Indiana, Lansing, Michigan, Toledo, Chicago, Kansas City, Fairfax, Kansas, St. Louis, Huntsville, Arlington, Chattanooga, Doraville, Georgia, Santa Cruz, California, everyone else around the country and the world, our friends in Mexico and our friends in Canada, and a healthy shout-out to the Standing Rock Sioux Indians. We just love that you had victory tonight. Listeners, good night. Stay safe in the coming week. And Jeff and David, good night. Stay safe. Good night, fellas. Good night, guys. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.